ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. And welcome back to another episode of From Corner to Corner. Woo! Yeah, baby. Yeah. We have Sean and Adam. What's up? And Neil. The real deal. The OG. One of the founders. And the, nope, the bread man is not here tonight. He's not. He's slinging bread. No. No. He's, he's slinging t-shirts. Slinging t-shirts and pom-poms tonight. What, what was it? One of you said that he was uh, braiding... The cheerleaders hair. Why would you say that, Sean? Why would you say that on the air? Oh, oh my goodness. We Wes, we apologize. We apologize for Sean. This guy behavior. is just out of control. Out of control. I believe he's got whiskey in his cup. That would not be true. Are I, you singing a whiskey lullaby? No. No. You put it around. Like a burning end of a midnight cigarette. Did you just say he pulled her out? Put her out. Oh, I thought he said he pulled around. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, those of you that had uh, tried to turn into our YouTube live, we were having some major difficulties. So, we'll try again next week. So, maybe we'll try to be able to figure that out by then. Having some major internet issues here. So, we are moving on, and we're just going to record the podcast as normal. And we had some breaking news in the NFL today, this afternoon. D'Amico Ryans does get the job as the head coach in the Texans. They got that right. For the first time in a long time. They got, they Way got to go, Houston. I mean, they've missed on their last three coaches. Yes. And D'Amico, I mean, if he wants to be there, that's great. The good part about it is, he got a six-year guaranteed contract. So they're they're either going to give him time or they're going to have to pay him to leave. So I hope they give him time. I, I really feel like that he has a, a great grasp on the, the situation. I'm wondering if there's not somebody on that 49er staff that will join him on the offensive side of the ball. You would think so. I mean, that's a perfect spot for him to take the quarterback's coach or the wide receiver's yeah. coach, you know. To take somebody that uh, he's familiar with right. to run his offense. Right. And we assume they're going to draft a, a quarterback uh, with that number two pick. So it would make a lot of sense to have uh, somebody he's familiar with to, to run that offense. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess if they just completely – again, we've talked on multiple shows. It just depends on how they view Caleb Williams. If they view Caleb Williams as a better option, they could go defense or they could trade out of that spot yeah. uh, and go with uh, Davis General Mills. But I don't know why you would. Yeah. Um, but 
it's going to be all about, you know, with with D'Amico Ryans being a defensive guy, I could see him wanting to go get his guy. I I, I thought about that this afternoon when, when I was writing the notes down as like, okay, he's a defensive dude. They need defensive help. You know, do they – Will Anderson's going to be there. I still think the Bears are taking Jalen Carter. They might. I'm taking Will Anderson if it's me, though. And 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 we talked. I understand that Jalen Carter. And I'm also taking C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. You know, we 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 talked, and I understand what Adam is coming from. When you have a stud defensive tackle, he's going to draw double teams almost every play. Yeah. And that's going to free up other guys. We like. Will Anderson because of his flexibility. Yeah. You can put him linebacker. You can put him DN. You can move him around either side, uh, and I think it gives you more options. At the end of the day, I don't think you can go wrong with either no. pick. No, I mean, you look at Aiden Hutchinson. What he, what the impact he had on the defense, and I don't think anybody would disagree that Will Anderson is better than Aiden Hutchinson. One hundred percent. So you know, talking about coaching news, obviously the Dallas Cowboys. Let Kellen Moore go. Yeah, and he was without a job for less than twenty-four hours. And the Chargers hired him to be their new OC. What about? I don't know. You all probably don't keep up with Tampa news quite like I do, but there was something that broke today. Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> not Jim Bob Cooter. Dang it, Todd Todd Monken, the the OC for Georgia, who was an OC at Tampa, got his second interview today. Um, but they put an article out earlier that said they were restarting their OC search. So it's almost like they had narrowed in on a candidate and the candidate got hired somewhere else. Like so, Kellen Moore? Potentially like Kellen Moore. So it, it makes me wonder, with that wording of the, of the headline, I am leaning towards that they had somebody in mind, maybe, getting, maybe they had offered. And they took another job instead, but they're restarting. Yeah, and but and you can't if it was Callum Moore, you can't blame him going to the Chargers over Tampa. Well, no, because <laughs> Tampa doesn't have a quarterback currently. Right. And I don't know if you all know this or not. Kyle Trask, you all, Kyle Trask isn't the guy. If he was the guy, he would already been the guy. But and I say that because they would have never re-signed Blaine Gabbert if Kyle Trask was the guy. I agree. Um, but. I don't know if you all know this or not. You're pretty smart guys, pretty pretty in tune with the NFL and football in general. The quarterback's pretty important. Yeah. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Yeah. So Tampa currently doesn't have a quarterback. I, I think it's going to be Garoppolo. I don't think so. I think Garoppolo ends up with the Jets. I think that's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think so. I think I think that is, that is all they're talking about in the New York news. I think Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay next year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is in Green Bay next year. Oh, really? I do. Well, where do you think that Rodgers is going? In? Rodgers goes to New York. Tom Brady goes to Vegas. Hmm. I think Tom Brady might wind up in San Francisco. I think, and Colin Coward said it today. That's that's probably where you heard that from. He thinks that with Brock Purdy's UCL injury, it's a perfect opportunity to bring Tom Brady in as the bridge quarterback until you get Brock Purdy back. Somebody but, that doesn't get hurt. Man, you're right. He doesn't get hurt, but he's also going to start the year almost 47. That's true. But in Shanahan's offense, he won't be asked to throw the ball 65 times. Well, no. 
it'll be like a Bill Belichick offense again where Tom Brady can go and throw 20, 25 passes and they win. Here's yeah. the problem that Tampa's going to run into is you're going to run out of options. So There's a guy out there. He eats W's. I don't know if you know him or listen, not. Listen, I've said all along. He eats W's and crab legs. I'm not mad about Jameis Winston coming back to Tampa. I think I think it makes a lot don't of sense. Don't forget about Carr. Carr's out there. I think Carr could end up in Carolina. But uh, I like that that landing spot. And, you know, that's, that's another hire that's transpired in this past week was Frank Wright went to Carolina. You did not get the right hire. No, they didn't. They got, they got that wrong. You know, I don't. Frank didn't do a bad job. In in in, you have to look at look what he had to de- to play with. Look, he did. They gave him eighty year old quarterbacks for the last four years. But Steve Wilkes had that whole team behind him. I I I agree with that, and I don't I don't disagree that Steve Wilkes should have been the head coach. But I don't. I think Frank will be fine. There. Can, can Frank retain Steve Wilkes on staff? I don't know. No, I don't think so either. I, don't, I think the bridge is burned. Okay. Yeah. the The other news is this morning, early this morning, the news on ESPN Radio was that Denver had lost um, basically every candidate they had talked to. D'Amico told them he didn't want to come there, and they were essentially having to start over their head coaching job uh, search. And by this afternoon, Sean Payton is accepting the job. So something big transpired today. So you know the thing is, and this is this is going to be an interesting story moving forward. Now, the, what is it? Two two first rounders that that Denver is going to give the Saints one uh, first rounder and one third uh, second rounder, and they're swapping a fourth for a fifth. Well, that gives them more draft capital. To go after now, you can be a player in these trades. Now you can look at maybe I have the maybe I have the capital to go get Derek Carr. Maybe I have the capital to potentially lure Aaron Rodgers to New Orleans. Maybe I have the draft capital to throw at Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like I think that's that's the interesting part to me is that now Denver gave New Orleans the draft capital that they can do some pretty interesting things with. So crazy, crazy stat that I heard this afternoon. Between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, they have given up two uh, two 2022 first-round draft picks, two 2023 first-round draft picks, two uh, second-round draft picks, and I think a third-round draft pick. For those two guys. So Sean Payton's convinced he can win with the roster he's got because outside of free agency, you're not bringing anybody in. Yeah, and, and they have no cap space. Nope. I mean, they're they're strapped there. Well, because Russ has tied up a lot of money. Yeah. Raymond Noodles cost a lot now. So, but, <laughs> he's good. I mean, they have new ownership, and obviously they want to try to, you know, compete immediately. That's what happens with new ownership. I think Sean Payton's the right choice there. And there is talent on that Denver team. If he can, if he can get Russ right, I think they'll. I think they can compete. I mean, that defense is already top loaded. Yes, because you know the problem. What was it? Eighteen points a game. So like if they would have scored eighteen points a game, they'd been like ten and one to start the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, their defense is good, and that's without Chubb because they traded Chubb. So the problem with going it to to Denver is you automatically have to play Kansas City, the Chargers, and the Raiders twice. And the Raiders, who's going to be that quarterback? I mean, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers literally could make that team a playoff contender. I mean, they were a playoff contender this year with Derek Carr, who nobody wanted. And Derek Carr took him to the playoffs the last year with Hunter Renfro as his top Right. So, like, I, man, I don't know, man. And then I've been seeing a lot of projections that uh, we talked about D-Hop last week that he may be interested in going to Kansas City. And I was like, there is no way that the rich just continue to get richer. Can you imagine giving Patrick Mahomes DeAndre Hopkins? (laughs) I mean, they already gave him Rob Torbert for the AFC Championship game. (laughs) <laughs> what, what more does the guy want? Who? The, the, the head official. The head official. Oh. Good grief. And we'll, and, we'll, and we'll touch on that later, and I'm glad you brought that up because there, there are some things that I, that I would like to say about that. But I've said all along that, and we're not really in the off season yet because the Super Bowl is still two weeks away. Uh, two weeks from we're recording. It's next week when this show drops. But it's already heating up. I mean, you, you're, you're, you're already seeing some willing and dealings that are being made. Uh, it's getting ready just to turn all the way up. So I think that uh, – I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I think we will continue to talk football at least until June. Well, I, I mean – And then even at June, we're starting to get in our training college camps football and college season. Football. Training camps in July. Yeah. This so, is a year-round thing. It, it, it really is. I mean, football is, is something that is a year-round talk-about type thing. Well, and then, I mean, and then we're going to, not too long after that, not too long, we're going to drop our, uh, we're going to start dropping our fantasy football advice show. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I do think that in the coming weeks, uh, probably after the Super Bowl, I think we should do an episode of our way-too-early predictions for next year. Uh, you know the pack is back. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I tell you what, Green Bay Packer fans from all walks of life, from all forms of social media, are all on Jordan Love because Packer fans have been through this before. The Favre and Rogers, literally the same exact thing. But here's the difference. I don't think Jordan loves Aaron Rodgers. Well, I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. I do think first. it would be absolutely hilarious if Rodgers winds up going to the Jets and then winds up with the Vikings. If he does that and the, then retires, that'll be hilarious. The same career path, it will be funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, you all both think Rodgers goes to the Jets. I do. Is that enough to get the Jets over the hook? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could win a Super Bowl with that Jets roster. And the the Jets have a really good defense. I mean, had they been able to score points more regularly, kind of like the the Broncos, they win more ballgames because their defense just got exhausted every game because uh, Zach Wilson couldn't get them – down the field. I mean, he could not keep them on the field long enough. Sauce was the right pick. He proved that. Yeah. Oh, no Sauce doubt. And, and he and so many people thought that was a stupid pick. 
But the Jets have nailed their last couple of drafts. Well, and, you know, here's the thing. With a corner like Sauce Gardner, like Darrell Revis, like, all, you know, when you tie law, like Charles Woodson, when you think of lockdown, lockdown DBs, they shut down half the field. Yeah. What about Kansas City playing seven rookies on their defense? Now, you, look, you think about that. Think where Kansas City is right now. And their defense was pretty decent this year. It's only going to get better. Their secondary was their weakness, and well, that's where most of the rookies were. But it helps. It helps when you have a, a monster of a man named Chris Jones that and Frank Clark that can just get to the quarterback yeah. about any time they want to. You, you you say yeah the secondary was their weakness, but their secondary is what won them the game Sunday. Uh, the big line won the game. Yeah, but I mean they're they're they shut down. You know Jamar and and Higgins from from absolutely taking over. Had that huge Joe interception. Burrow, Joe Burrow didn't have time. Yeah. Thanks to Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Yeah. I mean, so. four of us who were way past our playing backs could get out there and play secondary for the Chiefs as long as Chris Jones and Frank Clark's up in front. Well, I will say the one interception. I believe I believe I would come closer to playing next to Chris Jones and Frank Clark <laughs> than I would covering Jamar Chase or T. Higgins well, in the secondary. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna give I'm gonna give Jamar Chase that cushion. Yep. <laughs> you know, like about twenty yards. He's getting at least fifteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might be able to touch him as he runs by. Well, I'm pulling him down. I'm one hundred percent pulling him down. Fifteen yard penalty. I'm yanking you straight down. Yep. You're just gonna have to keep doing this down the field because yeah. I'm not gonna let you know. So, but I was – the Bengals-Chiefs game, I didn't watch much of it. I didn't watch much football at all this weekend. Uh, what I watched of it, it was what we expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and I know Sean thinks the Brock Purdy injury uh, had a lot to do with the game, the Eagles versus the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers beat the Eagles I, I don't the healthy think, Brock Purdy. I don't think they do either, but I don't think they get blown out like that. They don't get they. What was it, 31-7? Yeah, something like that. Oh, I, I, I agree, but I think I think the NFL has the best two teams in the Super Bowl. The, four, the 49ers almost acted like they just were giving up, you know. when Of course, you know, when you get down to your fourth-string quarterback at this point. So, so we have mentioned on the show multiple times about the NFL potentially being rigged, right? Yes. And then things happen each week that you're like, I could. Con-. So Pat McAfee, I, I know, I know you don't listen to Pat often. Adam listens about every day. Uh, Pat, the last couple weeks has brought up that topic on the show about the NFL being fixed, and his and his reasoning that it isn't is he said so many people would have to be involved, and they would have to be paid off that it doesn't like it. It's not a smart business move to rig the NFL because it's going to cost you so much money to rig it. Well, and the people involved, somebody's going to talk. Right. So, but I thought it was funny, and I think it was it, it was yesterday, I think, he had Travis Kelsey on. And Travis Kelsey is like, uh, you know, of course, him and his brother host a podcast together, and now it's the Kelsey Bowl and, uh, next, next week. And he goes, you know, it. I don't know how you could have written a more perfect script or something like that. 
And Pat McAfee's like, oh, God, don't say that. No, do not. No, 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 it's not. No. And he was just like, it's not fixed. It's not. No, it's not. It's not a script. Yeah, he uh, I, I I listened to clips of that. Uh, I follow them on, on TikTok. So it, I want to listen to the podcast. I just haven't had a chance. Travis said, well, the best part about it is his mom can't lose. Mom can't lose. So I guess their dad is is out of the picture or passed away or something. They never refer to their father. They only talk about the mom. They only talk about mama. They only talk about Donna Kelsey. You know, Donna Kelsey's good, but she's no Nana. She's not Nana. She's not. Uh, They might have been friends, Donna and Nana, but Donna, Nana. uh, That's good. Donna, Nana, Nana, (laughs) Nana. But uh, today, I think, on the Pat McAfee show, he had had Aaron Rodgers. He had Aaron Rodgers about every Tuesday. And they were talking about the, the uh, NFC and AFC championship games. They were talking about the Super Bowl. And it says, Pat said, you know, this is the first time in a while that NFC or the championship games were decided that you and Tommy, talking about Tom Brady, weren't involved in. He said, is this the new era? Is, is this the new, the, the new guns? And uh, Rogers kind of laughed and he goes, keep saying that so Tom will come back and then we can, and, and then we can show that, hey, we still got it. Like we might be old, but we can still take teams to the championship game and to, and, and to the Super Bowl. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it tells me that he's coming back. He's well, he's coming back, and he ain't coming back to be mediocre. He ain't coming back to go eight and nine. And and this goes for Rodgers and Brady. They're coming back to win a Super Bowl, like to show that hey. We still got it, and we may leave, but it's because we're getting to the age where we can't play anymore, and we're giving you, we're giving you the net, you know, the reins. You're not taking them from us. Yeah. But is it going to be a same situation like happened in NBA, like the Dream Team, Magic and Bird were still controlling the NBA, and then the Dream Team happened, and they both realized like, hey. It's Jordan's game. Well, and that was the proverbial passing of the torch. Magic and Bird were like, here you go, bud. You're yeah. really good. The The NBA's in good hands, and I think that's where Rodgers and Brady are. They still got some fire left. They still want to you know, win some games, but they want to be able to go out on their terms and also be able to hand it over and know that the NFL's in a good place whenever they leave. Yeah. Well, one thing for sure is – Old Patty Mahomes has got a solid craft on that top spot. I think a lot of people thought that he might have been passed by Allen and Burrow. That hasn't happened. Well, I was going to say, I actually, I think the gap between first and second, Mahomes to whoever number two is for you, is a lot bigger than what people think. Yes. I think I think Mahomes is no doubt the best quarterback in the league. Yes. I mean, one leg, he was down to his fourth or fifth wide receiver. Don't get me started on the one leg. <laughs> and, I mean, it, they lost three or four wide receivers in the game. Which, I mean, let's be honest, they're not setting the world on fire with wide receivers to begin with. No, I mean, they, they had Scantling and Kelsey and Sky Moore It was their receivers. Well, and then had. Scantling got hurt. He went out. So they had Sky Moore. Kelsey, and then some rookie that I'd never heard of. Yeah. So, since we're talking about injuries, 
I got to break this up. Who is more fragile? Greg Oden. You all remember Greg Oden, NBA yeah. player? Or Kadarius Tony? Because of Kadarius Tony suiting up, he's hurt within 10 points. He was hurt three different times on Sunday. Yeah. He, he literally gets hurt every game he plays. He reminds me of Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin had that speed coming from Florida, all this and that, was hurt all the time. All the time. He never he never panned out. And, and Tony could possibly wind up following that path that he's just never going to pan out. I'm going to go with Greg Oden. Yeah. I mean, Greg Oden was bad, but Tony is getting there. Yeah. I, I know, but like. I mean, Greg Oden literally had like one or two seasons in the NFL or in the well, NBA. He, and that was he, it. he got hurt in college, but he was mostly healthy the year he was there. He looked like a generational talent. Like he was going to change pro basketball. Yeah. And then he just didn't. Yeah. Because he was hurt all the time. He's he's on Thad Mata's staff. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. I saw that the other day. What the heck is Thad Mata? Um. Where did I see him at? You know the you Butler. Know, I think it's a Butler. You know my answer to that. What's it, Mata? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where it he's at. It doesn't matter where he's at. <laughs> that, if you're listening, I apologize. I think you had a great run at Ohio State, and you're probably doing great things where you're at now. Butler, it is Butler. Yeah. So the fighting Brad Stevens. So one other thing on the NFL before we run. I, it is, uh, I saw, there is a Chicago radio station that I follow on TikTok as well. They they had Patrick Mahomes' dad on the radio uh, yesterday. He's gangster. And Patrick Mahomes was told by the Bears they were drafting him. Going into the draft, he was expected to, he he expected to be drafted by the Bears, and when they traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky, he was shocked. He had no idea that that was coming, and he did know that Kansas City had mentioned as well that if they could trade up to get him, they would, but they didn't know how far they could get up to get him. And, and of course, you see. The, you see these Chicago radio dudes just literally melting in their chairs going, you've got to be kidding me. you know. But, <laughs> but with that being said. I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes in Chicago. Right, because that he Patrick, is Mahomes, Andy Andy Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes because he's got Andy Reid. Yes. Um, now, with that being said, he's he a good quarterback. He definitely would have been better than Mitchell Trubisky, though. Yes. Yes, he would. But – but I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes in Chicago. It's one of those things that you look – we talked a couple weeks ago. Aaron Aaron Rodgers thought he was potentially the number one draft pick. Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't fall and sit behind Brett Favre. That's very good truth, yeah. And, and, and then I saw one other thing today that they were talking about the uh, – they were talking about Will Levis, which, I mean, he's a very hot topic right now. There's a lot of people that think the Colts are going to trade up to number one to get him. Yeah, Here, here's the crazy part they about had it. had the Colts taking him. Yeah, here's the crazy part about it is, you know how they refer to the combine as the underwear Olympics? These guys that I was uh, watching, there's like 
everybody's going to fall in love with him at the underwear Olympics because he's going to be he's going to be muscular. He's going to do all of the weight. He's going to be able to throw the ball. He's going to look fantastic. And then they go, but we do this every single year, a la Mitchell Trubisky, Zach Wilson. These guys are nowhere on the radar as far as what in-game talent shows. And then they get to the Underwear Olympics, and they wind up getting overdrafted. Levis only works if he falls in the right situation. If he falls in the wrong situation, he won't. He won't. But the situation that we see him fall in most in most mock drafts is, I think, the right situation. The Colts is the great situation. But we don't even know who the coach. Which, speaking of coach, everybody, everybody is convinced that they're keeping Jeff Saturday, and that that's why they're doing all these second interviews. Just go. Well, we did an extensive search. We just didn't find anybody to take that was better than Jeff. Sean Payton and Kellen Moore and uh, D'Amico Ryan's all three have been taken off the board. So, like, you're running out of options. Yeah. Steve Wilkes is probably your best choice right now. And he's got and he's got a chip on his shoulder. And he didn't interview for that job. Exactly. Yeah. I I haven't seen him on any any interview board other than Carolina. He's going to wind up a D coordinator somewhere, maybe in. Maybe he winds up in Denver with with Sean Payton. Did you see Vic Fangio hasn't signed his deal? Yes, I I I, I texted that out earlier because and a lot of speculation is he's really close friends with Kyle Shanahan, so they were the speculation is he was waiting to see if D'Amico Ryan's was going to take a head coaching job to where he might go there instead. So so I just read an article that it looks like. The coach search for the coach search for the Indianapolis Colts. Say that five times fast. That's a lot of season there. Could run all the way into Super Bowl week. We're currently already three weeks in, right? And you don't have your head like if you're not careful, you're going to be on the outside looking in. Well, I, that's why I think they're comfortable with it being Jeff Saturday. Jim Irsay wants Jeff Saturday. Yes. Brian Callahan apparently is uh, like guys like Peyton Manning are really pushing for Brian Callahan. Yeah, which he's the, the OC at, at uh, the Bengals. Is he? Yes. He was also the quarterback coach for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brian Flores, his name is floated around out there for Arizona, possibly. So to date, this can was- you imagine Brian Flores, the head coach of Kyler Murray? He'll smash his PlayStation. That almost beat my CTV. So uh, January 23rd, so that was seven days ago, eight, eight days ago. To date, the Colts have completed interviews with 13 candidates. They interviewed the Colts special team coordinator, Denver's defensive coordinator, they uh, Kansas City's O coordinator, the Rams' D coordinator, the Lions' offensive coordinator, the Lions' defensive coordinator, the Phillies, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles' offensive coordinator, Jeff Saturday, Green Bay's special teams coordinator, Cincinnati's offensive coordinator, Dallas's defensive coordinator, who's off the table, New York Giants' offensive coordinator, and New York Giants' defensive coordinator. 
Do you know the problem with that list is? Raheem Morris, who failed in the NFL, is the only person they've interviewed that has head coaching experience. So, I mean, you're going with a guy that has no, like, currently has no head coaching experience. I mean, experience. like, he was in the Denver search, too. I don't even know where he's been lately. He has been the Rams defense coordinator for a while. I think after he oh, left, gotcha. after he left uh, Tampa because he got fired, they I think he spent some time with the Vikings. So uh, he was the replacement to. Uh, oh shoot, I can't even think of his name now. The the D coach that was there when the Rams went to the Super Bowl the first time when they lost with golf. Oh gosh. That dude was around forever. He was a head coach at Dallas. Uh, he was in Buffalo. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, yes. Yeah. So he, he replaced him. I'm actually surprised Wade Phillips isn't on that list. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's out of coaching. So, But it, it, it'll it be interesting to see what transpires in the next in the next little bit with that, uh, for sure. After the Super Bowl is over with, you're gonna, like you said, you'll start seeing some movement. So. All right, moving on. I uh, I wrote down the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. That that selection took place last week. Um, Scott Rowland was the only inductee, so and he just barely made it. So by well, three percent. Fred McGriff is also part of this class. He was the one that was like they're going to go in together. So he's from the the list that didn't make it. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Fred, Fred McGriff is, uh, like, I think he was elected when at, like, a month or so ago. Like, yeah. They, they do that. They do the list of the guys that didn't make it in their first 10 years, I think, which is a crime that the crime dog did not make it in the first 10 years. Well, Scott Rowland. So, I'm going to go on this rant because Wes isn't here. Okay. And, and you should. Okay. So, Wes is fired up about Scott Rowland, not about Scott Rowland making the Hall of Fame. And I said whenever it came out that what has Scott Rowland done in his career that makes him Hall of Fame worthy? Mm -hmm. Wes is more of a statistical analysis genius type person than I am. He said Scott Rowland has the exact, almost exact same statistics as Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy has back-to-back -back MVP awards, uh -huh. and Dale Murphy's not Hall of Fame. Right. But Scott Rowland with his seven golden golden gloves or seven silver sluggers or something, I don't even know because it really doesn't matter. People, everybody wins. I thought stuff. I saw like three golden gloves, maybe. Okay, well, I saw seven, so it may have been seven silver sluggers. Yeah. Uh, which just basically means out of all third basemen, he had the best hitting stats. Right. What is that? I mean, that, that doesn't mean anything. Right. And and you know the argument has been for a long time that 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 you have to have that 400 home run mark. Yeah. And I think that Dale Murphy was three or four home runs shy of 400. You know, but Dale Murphy was a perennial All Star. Well, I mean, he was back to back Hall. Of, I mean, back to back yeah. MVP. Yeah. In '86 and '87, I believe. Yeah. Um, and and the Braves up. And listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Being a good player, Scott Rowland was a good player. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Right. Especially when you look at the guys that he got in over. Manny Ramirez is on the list. 
Andrew Jones is the one that I'm Andrew asking. Jones He's now six it. years into this thing and is not in. Alex Andrew Jones should be on there. Alex Rodriguez is like, listen, I understand. Andrew Jones should have been a first ballot. I agree. That, that steroids play stuff into this. I, but, but still, at the end of the day, as we've said multiple times on this show, that was the era that we lived in. And it wasn't illegal. It was not illegal at that time. Well, and I mean, Alex Rodriguez did serve multiple suspensions because of because of performance enhancing drugs, but he admitted to, to, to doing it. Okay, he served his time. What about Ortiz? He's in, and he did it because guys like Ortiz are lovable. Rodriguez is a good guy. They're well, lovable guys. Alex Rodriguez will end up getting in. Yeah, because he's now on TV. Because people like Alex Rodriguez, guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. Mark who, who hated the media yeah. and didn't want to do any, they 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 had no chance of getting in. Let's yeah. not forget Sammy Sosa. Don't right. leave my boy off not, the list. You're you're right. Slamming Sammy they, Sosa. They're they're never going to get in. And it's a crime. And the only way that they ever do get in is they're going to have to change the process. And these writers have way too much power. But we put guys like Scott Rowland right. in the Hall of Fame. But and like I said, he. But he barely even made it. You, I think you have to have seventy five percent of the. And he ended up seventy six percent. Yeah, I mean it's just it. It's wrong because I mean, uh, oh shoot, what's the what's the guy the guru on ESPN? Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin. Idiot. Tim Kirchin is the smartest baseball man on the planet. You heard what I said. I don't know. I, who was that other uh, the the old guy that used to do it? Um, I know who you're talking about. What was his name? Um, oh shit! Peter 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 Sham uh, uh, Peter uh, Hammonds Peter. Oh yeah, I what know was his name? Peter Gammons. Peter, Peter Gammons. Yes, yes. That he, was the that was the smartest. He guy. was good. He, he was, was good. good. And Buster Only's good too. Buster Only. All good. three of these guys are on the positive side of your voters right and 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 they get they they get all tore up every year when when guys that they vote for don't get in and they're frustrated on it as well and it's just like i don't understand it's not like and, and when i wrote this on the list me and you were me and neil were actually talking about it it's not like they're taking so many people every year that it's like well, we can only take five, so that's why someone didn't make the list. I mean, we just had a year a couple of years ago that no current player got voted in. The only people that went in were people like Fred McGriff off of the... the Veterans Committee. The veteran, yeah. So it's like, how does that happen? There are too many guys that deserve to be in there. There is zero reason for Andrew Jones and some of these guys to be six, seven years into this and not be well, in the Hall of Fame? And, you know, the problem is, is there's no set criteria that, to make the Hall of Fame. Correct. It's just however the voters feel. And the voters being baseball writers, if 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 I am a baseball writer and I'm a reporter and I go into the locker room and you're a jerk to me, yeah. I'm going to remember that. What was it you said on the show last week? Well, I think, you, Coach, you just lost the Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> Right. Like, and and that's kind of how it is. Like yeah. it's like, oh, you want to be a jerk to me? Then when you come up for all of a voting, I'm not voting for you, and I'll tell all my friends how big a jerk you are. Yeah. Listen, I don't give a. 
rats behind how big a jerk you are off the field. It's it's on-field performance. It's what you do right. when you're on the field. Well, it's like with Schilling, it's his, it's his political stance is why they don't put him in. Same, and that's the reason he got fired from ESPN. Yeah. If he stayed with ESPN, Kurt Schilling's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, but Kurt Schilling told, take my name off. I don't want in the Hall of Fame. Right. Listen, I'm not saying that, that Scott Rowland wasn't a good player and might not. I mean, he should probably earn consideration for the Hall of Fame. But the fact that he got in and there's so many legitimate Hall of Famers yeah. that aren't in the Hall of Fame, it, it's a crime. Like yeah. 100% Scott Rowland getting in over a lot of these guys is is a crime. Yep, yep. I mean, in all honesty, it should have been the reverse, right? He should have been the one on the Veterans Committee and committee in five, six years from now. Right. And Crime Dog should have been in on, on his first run. Like, you look at... I'm not saying that Fred McGriff was our first ballot Hall of Famer. But, I mean, I just don't understand the the reasoning behind if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer, right? Why do we insist on making someone wait for eight, nine years down the road when we know... Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but I'm not going to vote for him for another seven years. So Scott Rowland was an eight-time Gold Glove winner, a seven-time All-Star. Okay. So look up Andrew Jones. Here's the thing. Listen to this while you're looking that up. Ken Griffey Jr., arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Yep. Wasn't even a unanimous Hall of Famer. Yeah. How can he not be? How can you not vote for King Griffey Jr.? Right. What? Because there are jerks that are these these writers, and they have no they have no reason to be a writer. I mean, there there are actually some writers out there that are so disgusted with it that they give up their vote. That's 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 how disgusted a lot of these guys are with this kind of stuff. It's like I don't want to vote in it because you all don't do it right. Mariano Rivera, just for just for reference here, is the only player who was a unanimous Hall of Fame vote. Yeah. Did him and King Griffey go in the same class? No. Uh, Rivera went 19. Griffey went 16. Gotcha. Uh, but, and nobody would argue Rivera no, should be unanimous. Unanimous. He should be. But Greatest closer of all time? Derek Jeter probably deserved to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. King, King Griffey. I mean, I'm just going through the top ones. King Griffey Jr. This is the most percentage-wise. Uh, Nolan Ryan, he's Cal Ripken Jr. Like these, Hank Aaron didn't even hit ninety eight percent. Yeah, who's not voting for Hank Aaron on the ballot? Right, the home run king. Get the hell out of here! Right. Then you look like Johnny Bench, Willie Mays. Didn't even get 95% of the vote. Yeah. Like, that's so ridiculous to me. Like, it's laughable how bad this is. When, again, like Adam said, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, deserves a unanimous selection into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he shouldn't be the only person. I mean, to be honest with you, I think Barry Bonds deserved a unanimous vote into the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens deserved a unanimous vote. But... The fact that we got down to Hank Aaron, 
and Hank Aaron's not a unanimous Hall of Fame selection when he was the home run king, yeah. you're out of your mind. Yep. So the Baseball Hall of Fame is probably the least credible of all the major sports Hall of Fames, right? I would think so. Because, I mean, like the hits king, Pete Rose, he's not in the all-time wins leader, Roger Clemens, he's not in. Home run king, Barry Bonds, he's not in. What are they doing? Oh, because they didn't like their morals. I mean, listen, in 1936, Babe Ruth received 95% of the vote. Babe freaking Ruth. Even the Babe didn't get unanimous? No. What you, so, the Sultan of SWAT? The so, Sultan of SWAT. So what about that TikTok that you sent today? Speaking of Babe Ruth. There oh. was like seven. But I only, sent, I only sent one about Babe Ruth. Yeah. By the way, real quick, that was the 1936 Hall of Fame class. He also went in with Honus Wagner. That's a pretty good Hall of Fame class. <laughs> Honus Wagner and Babe Ruth. Yeah. Uh, neither one of them were unanimous, by the way. They were 95%. Had to be some haters. Haterade was, was flowing heavy back in 36. Um, but the TikTok I sent you guys earlier was, and it, it, it started out, you know, there's that TikTok sound like, what mountain are you willing to die on every time in terms of, of opinions that nobody will agree with? And he basically said, if you pick Babe Ruth, prime Babe Ruth up, and placed him in today's game, he's trash. Doesn't even make a roster. Doesn't even make, like, he said he would struggle making a college roster. But you could take the worst MLB player from today and place him in, in Babe Ruth's in baseball, era, and he'd and be he, the best player in baseball. Best player in baseball. I don't think he's wrong. I don't either. Well, I mean, it go. You could say that not just baseball. You said any, any sport. sport. Yeah, like athletes are bigger, stronger, faster now. Yes, than they were back then. Like Babe Ruth is smoking cigarettes and drinking beer in the. Bar. I have the physique of Babe Ruth did back then. <laughs> so you know, what? There you go. But just call me the babe. I mean, can you imagine Max Scherzer going back to 1936 <laughs> the way that he throws today? Or Jacob DeGrom, or Prime, or Oldest Chat. Like, can you imagine those guys? Un- unhittable. Unhittable. But at the same time, those careers back then are not lasting as long. They're not. Because they're they're throwing every day. They're throwing every day. Yeah. So, Oldest Chapman, you might get one good year out of him. I mean, or you take a guy like, I don't know, Mike Trout, and put Mike Trout back in 1936. Oh, he's hitting bombs. Just... Just he, piss missiles. He is hitting bobs. Uh, and you know the Sage Rosenfels ain't got a chance. The, <laughs> the big, the biggest difference is, is in, in all honesty, though, those guys back there would play it through pain. Yes, and we 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 don't have guys that can play through a hangnail. I tell you, what. I don't know how much that is the player and how much is the team trying to protect their asset. I think that's a lot there too. Uh, because it's like I've invested a lot of money in you for a lot of years. No, you're not playing right now. You talk about you know playing pitching every day. What about a guy like Nolan Ryan who would who legitimately would throw every single day if you let him? Nolan Ryan would dominate. He would have dominated. Yeah. But but to get back to that guy's point, I don't think he's wrong. I don't and and it's just based off Babe Ruth not being able to compete with like you said. They're bigger, faster, stronger today. There would be guys throwing that he that he's never seen before. Yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, just you got to it's 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 three hundred sixty five days. Nobody's smoking cigarettes and drinking brewskis and 
and and and trying to smash the ladies in between innings like they were back <laughs> with the babe and the Mick and all that. So I thought it was a pretty interesting it was a pretty interesting thought though because and but as you said, I mean if you took Shaq, prime Shaq, and put him back with George Mikan, he's killing George Mikan. Oh, absolutely. Like they have to change the rules of basketball if they if you put Shaq in because he is destroying people. Right. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. So, but to to wrap that up on the baseball, something desperately needs to change in the Hall of Fame voting for baseball. Rob Manfred needs to go jump off a cliff. Yeah, that was on our Dear Santa show. If you remember, I I said he needed to go away. So, I just done a quick Google search because I was curious. And Babe Ruth's time of baseball, the pitchers would top out at 90 miles an hour. And today's MLB, if you're only hitting 90. You don't have a career. You don't have a career. Like, <laughs> Not even in the bullpen. Like, if you're throwing only 90, you better be able to control it like Greg Maddox. I was going to say, you better have a uh, Tim Wakefield knuckleball. <laughs> uh, or it's going 400. <laughs> Consistently. Consistently. It's like they're hitting it off a tee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. So I made this note, just a quick note. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. The uh, Australian Open was this past couple of weeks. Djokovic comes back out and wins that, which he's won it a, a blue million times. The reason I find it funny is, is because if you remember a year ago, they would not let him compete in the Australian Open not because only he was not vaccinated. Not, not only would they not let him compete, they wouldn't let him in Australia. Right, because he wasn't vaccinated. Well, they told him he could go to Australia. He flew in and then got kicked out of the country because he wasn't vaccinated. Right. And it, I, I can't find – I looked for this, but I swear I remember them – Telling him that he couldn't come back to Australia for three years last year, but I, I look, I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something that they wanted hid somewhere on the. But I, like, it just stuck in my head because when I saw that he won that, I'm like, wait a minute, what's he even doing in Australia? Because I didn't think they were going to let him. So in a year's time, I guess it's not important for them to, because you know he hasn't changed his philosophy. Well, on there's that. a couple things. One is as a society. We've come to grips with COVID's a thing now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and however you feel about vaccination status, you know, is fine. But we've decided to move on. And two, they got such negative press about that. When you're talking about banning arguably the greatest male tennis player of all time right. to not play in your tournament. Yeah. It's like, eh, a little bit of a stretch there. Like, I mean, you're on opposite ends of the court. Like, I don't really see. Yeah. I mean, if anything, he's putting himself at risk. Right. So, um, if if it was a three-year ban, uh, good for them for lifting that ban because, I mean, does anybody – outside of Novak Djokovic, how many male tennis players can you currently name? Uh, like current active? Active. Is Roger Federer's? I think he retired. Uh, Nadal. Nadal. That's uh, Andy, I think Andy Murray. I think Nadal maybe just retired too. Or does he just play the French on the? Tour? I was gonna say like they're they're but they're not like every 
tournament players. Right. Kind of like, I mean, Djokovic is the guy. Yeah. And Andre Agassi still there? Pete Sampras. <laughs> it, you know, tennis just isn't one of you. It, like, you used to, you knew a lot of tennis players. I, I don't watch a lot of tennis. Here's the thing. Golf figured this out. You got to have the characters. You got to have yeah. the people that that your your average fan can get behind. Tell me, you couldn't get behind a guy like Andre Agassi just because he looked different, right? A guy like Pete Sampras that well, it looks like you could go see him down at the country. Like he was in shape, but like he just like but it was a guy that you could pull for. Yeah. Everybody hated Jim McEnroe. They don't have those characters. Or John McEnroe, I'm sorry, not Jim. They don't have those characters in no. tennis. No. Uh, the sooner they figure that out and help cultivate some of those characters, the better tennis will be. I mean, you know, yes, Serena dominated for a long time, probably the greatest female tennis player of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you tuned in because you were either a fan of Serena or you were tired of her winning all the time and rooted against her to win. I mean, to to lose. So, yeah. But yeah, tennis definitely needs to find those find those characters. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I think we'll wait till next week to do the Super Bowl preview because we got a whole nother week. We do. Um, let's. Uh, Andrew Jones has ten golden gloves, by the way. Thanks. Let's move on to our next two teams on our list. So NFL, if you have not been listening over the last few episodes, shame on you. We we're not telling who we picked. Right. We we. Uh, we have started doing a preview of two uh, teams in the upcoming draft. We started at number one, and this week we are up to number five. The Seattle Seahawks are on the board. And at this point, we have taken Anderson, Bryce Young, uh, Carter, and Will Levis off of the board. Adam, you're the general manager of the Seahawks. Who are you selecting with your pick at number five? So if I'm the Seahawks, hmm, I'm not taking the quarterback because I got Geno. I got Kenneth Walker. I'm probably going defense. Who's the top defensive guy? Let me look. Did you ask me to have that list too? Huh. Sorry, no. You're not taking CJ there. No. Remember that Geno is not under contract. Uh, they're bringing him back. I think they're taking a quarterback. Tyree Wilson. That's who I was thinking. I don't even know who that. Where did he play? Texas Tech. Ed Rusher. He's typically who who mock drafts have falling at this point. I'm going to take if you're asking me, and you're not yet, but you're going to get around to that. Yeah. I'm going to take the the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Because no matter who your quarterback is, you got to protect. You got to protect. Kenneth Walker can't run if he ain't getting holes. So I work on building that. Uh, and I think the kid's last name is Skaronsky. It's close enough. Skaronsky. I like it. Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like he's just going to be a tough, greedy offensive lineman. Uh, so that's who I'm taking. But I'll, they're going to resign Gino. I, I, I agree with that. Gino's not the long-term answer. No. So I think you could, especially, I know we've taken Will Levis off the board, but you could potentially take a guy like Will Levis. You could take a guy like Anthony Richardson here. That you can set behind Gino for a couple years, 
he, you don't have to rush that guy along. So it just depends on how how long you think Geno can be there, uh, whether you need a quarterback that can sit for a little while. But without taking a quarterback, I'm, I'm taking offensive tackle, Peter Skaronsky. I think in this particular situation, if – I mean, they have this pick because of the Russell Wilson trade, okay? So you, you think about it, the, their their regular spot, their their pick, they're at number 20, okay? So they had – they made the playoffs this year. This is their last opportunity for the foreseeable future to take the quarterback to back up uh, – Geno, if they re-sign Geno, I think it's a mistake if they don't if they don't take C.J. Stroud right here. But you know, that's just me personally. I think that they have to take a quarterback, but maybe they don't. I don't know. We'll see. I like the offensive line. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, outside of that, you look at the Seahawks. They don't need. I mean, they've also nailed drafts here lately. Yep. Uh, of course, they also hit gold whenever Gino decided he remembered how to play football um, and he was given another chance. So you just kind of need to fill pieces in around. Yeah. Um, I mean, every one of their draft picks last year were were rock stars. Right. So and Some of them in the secondary, so you yeah. don't need secondary. I mean, if That's you, why I went big If 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 you don't take Tyree Wilson, who I think ultimately will line up as a as an outside linebacker, um, and I think that I mean you look back if you're trying to build the Legion of Boom back, that's a, that's a good way to start. Um, but I still go back. I think I think you have to sure up that offensive line. There have to be holes for Kenneth Walker to run through. You have to give whoever your quarterback is time. Um, so I work on building the offensive line. Yeah. So we have the Lions next. And they're in a similar situation, right? This is a pick that come from the Rams uh, in the Stafford deal. Last year, they wound up taking uh, Aiden Hutchinson with that pick. And they're basically in the same situation, right? They could take Stroud to sit behind golf. They could take the offensive lineman if the Seahawks don't take him because they need the, they need the O-line guy. I don't know that they take a D lineman. Uh, you know where I go? Go down straight to the state of Texas and take B. John Robinson because I lock up my running back. You don't like Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift? I do not want that to happen. I'm just telling you, that's what I do. You look at a guy that could be a three down elite running back. A running back is a quarterback's best friend. Jared Goff isn't always the answer, but he's all right right now. It's kind of like Geno. We, we, you know, we're not too far out of the playoffs with what we have. We need to get better skill positions. I think, and and nobody has Bijan Robinson going here. No. I think Bijan Robinson. I don't think DeAndre Swift's the guy. I know he came on towards the end of last season. Jamal Williams, is he going to be able to repeat this season next year? Probably not. I think you look. As the season went on, it was becoming more and more swift between the 20s 
and you weren't seeing Williams, but other inside inside the the red zone. Uh, uh, also, if I didn't take Bijan Robinson, I would look at the tight end position. Uh, you got Mayer out of Notre Dame, and you got uh, you got uh, Kincaid from Utah. Um, the mayor pick right there makes a lot of I sense. Think, I, I think you go some – I mean, because you just lost Hawkinson. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a running back is, I think, a quarterback's best friend. Tight end's number two. Plus, they also need a few more a few more weapons for the quarterback to throw to. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Robinson because I'm not as high on Swift and Williams as you guys are. Um, but I could also see myself taking – Who's the – Who's the next O lineman on the list? Uh, it's the guy from Ohio State. I was going to say this is off of NFL.com. It's David Jeremiah's top fifty uh, top fifty rankings, and let's see, the next offensive lineman is way down the list here. Yeah, he's not Paris Johnson. Yeah, I don't. I, they're not going to reach reach there. On I that. mean, but he's but this guy has Anthony Richardson ranked thirteen. Why? I mean, they have another pick at 18. Why would you not go Quentin Johnston here? Wide receiver. I don't think they need him. I don't either. I think I think they have their number one. Yeah, I'm wrong. And I think they have us. I mean, they got the they got the kid from Alabama, uh, Jameson Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's why I think you got Quentin Johnston. That's why I think. But I mean, DJ Chark. They just signed him last year. And he played well. But he's getting old. Or I go if, if if I go on the other side of the ball, I go uh I go number one DB. And that is Weatherspoon out of Illinois. I would go Joey Porter Jr. if See, I go on DB. I, I I'm a huge Joey Porter Jr. fan, but I think like I think he's gonna fall far enough down that a team like Tampa at nineteen has a chance to pick Joey Porter Jr. Well, so you're I've just kind of been making notes. So so you're saying Robinson here. Robinson's who I go with. Okay. Who are you saying? I would go Quentin Johnston. I and I'm gonna go with um, if the if Seattle doesn't take the O lineman, then I think that the Lions take Oh the yeah, O-line. I think I think if if uh, the Sorensky is that how we Skorensky Skorensky is that how we decided we pronounce his name? I think if he's there, you you take him. I don't think he's going to be there, but I mean, there's people that have had him falling out of top ten, so it's not impossible. Uh, I know you keep talking about oh C.J. Stroud, the perfect spot for C.J. Stroud. Stroud, we'll talk about next week, and the rest. Right. And both of those, the the teams, Raiders and the Falcons, are coming up next week. Obviously, the Raiders need a quarterback. And do the Falcons have their replacement in Ritter? So, I think you know, Ritter was all right. I think Ritter's okay. Yeah. So, but is Ritter C.J. Stroud? Here's the thing. That's what we'll find out next week. I think, well, and we're not going to talk too much about Atlanta. I think Atlanta goes out and signs another veteran quarterback this year. Uh Potentially a guy like Ryan Tannehill, uh, who Ritter can set behind for another year. Yeah, maybe so. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to rush. C, uh, they're going to. I was going to blame CJ. They're not going to rush Desmond Ritter into that starting spot. So the reason I didn't take quarterback for Seattle 
is because I see I, Pete Carroll has shown he can make he can go third, fourth round and pick quarterbacks and make them good. He did with Russ Wilson. I think they'll get Kenneth Hooker later in the draft. So that'll be the guy that takes over from Gino. That that out of all the places Hendon Hooker could land, Seattle with a guy like Pete Carroll could be a really good landing spot for him. Because he's he's similar stature, similar build as Russell Wilson. Yep. And actually is a pretty similar player to what Russell was in college. Yeah, I can, I can see that. How much longer do you think old uh, Pete hangs out in coaching? I think as long as he wants to. Are going to die on the sideline? I thought he would. This year. Well, I mean, we talked early in the year that he was. This was they were going to tank. They were going to be zero and seventeen, and they were going to start off with a new coach and, and a new quarterback. They were fire Carroll and come in with a new quarterback, and then he almost took them to the playoffs. He did take he them. Did. The he, they did go to the playoffs. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So he's there as long as he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, do we have any dog of the week candidates? Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I mean, we can come up with Dog of the Week. I can tell you who it is. There's no doubt who it is. There's no doubt. There's one candidate. One guy. Did he play quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs? I was saying, I was thinking defensive uh, line for the well, Kansas City Chiefs. Either one of those guys. Chris Jones has got to be the Dog of the Week. Chris Jones got that dog in him. I mean. He took on double teams all game and beat double teams all game. I mean, he was living. In Joe Burrow's living room. I mean, he he was there on the couch eating popcorn, drinking Joe's beer the entire game. Agreed. I mean, he had like 72 sacks in that game. Right. Well, and it wasn't so much his sacks as Burrow never was able to get comfortable in the pocket. And we know, right. of course, he got very offended by it being referred to as Burrowhead Stadium. Like... That was his mantra. Did you see him after the game? All week long. And <laughs> pretty funny. Like, there's no doubt that he probably put that soundbite on replay in his AirPods and listened to that 24-7 for the entire week. Yeah. Because did, did you see him after the game? I did. And he said, do not ever yeah. come into our house and disrespect us yeah. like he that. Pulled the camera close. Get close here. Listen to the Listen words to coming out of my mouth. Do not disrespect our Arrowhead Stadium again. Yeah. And then, of course, you had the mayor of Cincinnati that popped off. like, And he did that last year before the Super Bowl. Right. So, I, And I want to look at him like, bro, listen. He's 0 for 2, by the way, in his pop-offs. He's cost them both times. Jerry Springer at one point was the mayor of Cincinnati. Okay, It doesn't take a whole lot to have that position. <laughs> you might ought to watch your mouth. Yeah, and I mean, Kansas City, that's all they've heard. Joe Burrow and Cincinnati's beat them three straight times, blah, 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 this and that. And you you cannot give teams bulletin board material. You can't do it. And I'm afraid at the end of the game, the Chiefs done just that for Joe Burrow next year. Oh, and he very well could. Joe Burrow, you do not want to play Joe Burrow when he's got a chip on his shoulder. Well, and, and, and he tends to have a chip. 
they have a team there with a few extra pieces that you're looking at that could win 14, 15 games next year. I mean, we're really – I mean, at this point, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati, and it's everybody else in the AFC. I, I don't know – Well, because there's not much difference right now in Buffalo and Jacksonville. And, and, and I would throw the Chargers in there with that right. too. Like those – there's three or four teams after – Kansas City, Cincinnati, that are battling for the three through six spots, let's say, that there's not much difference. But I, I, I would be willing to say, and I said this on last week's show, or the one before, Buffalo's coach has one more year, and I think Staley has one more year. If they don't make some sort of a dramatic increase to uh, next year to where they're back in the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl, they're both going to be gone. A They're t- not going to wait. A 10-7 and seven season next year for Brandon Staley gets him fired. Yes. I agree. And, and, and even if he goes into the playoffs and wins a game, if it if he doesn't get to the AFC Championship game, he'll be gone, and they'll make Kellen more the head coach. Which I think that's why they named him OC. That way in case Brandon Staley fails or stumbles in season, yeah. here Kellen Moore. Yeah. Here interim coach. But, right. but, but that, that's your five teams in the AFC, and – that's going to be your five teams for a long time. A long time. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, you're going to have other teams that will pop up occasionally. You know, if if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, they're going to have a short window where they can be in the conversation. But when you're looking at the next 10 years, yeah, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati, and then you have a conglomerate of three or four teams that yeah. are going to be in that mix. Sean Payton, I'm sure, will make Denver more competitive. Uh, depending on where Lamar Jackson winds up, I mean, if he comes back to Baltimore and they they don't do what they're supposed to do, you know, John Harbaugh could be out there too as well. So, you know, I don't I don't know. So, we've reached that point in the show uh, to where we're going to talk wrestling again. Well, hold on. We did we get another letter this week? We did. Are you serious? Yes, man. We're hey. We gotta keep putting this content out because I keep getting people sliding your DMs. I I apologize. I did not know that we got another letter to the solution. So, dear solution, that's you. That's me. Have you seen the Amanda show? You probably. That's That's me. That's why I said that's you. No thanks. This person writes, "What up, fam?" Nice. I really am enjoying the show, but we have to get down to business. That's the point of my letter. I consider myself to be very good at my craft. I would say the best to ever do it, but others might argue that. Saturday night, I let my emotions get the best of me, and I had what can only be described as a two-year-old temper tantrum. I completely melted down and made a fool of myself in front of all my co-workers. Is there anything I can do to earn the respect of my co-workers and all those around me? Keep grinding, L.A. Braun. Man, L.A. Braun, I, I can only imagine how embarrassing that was for you. Um, so first I want to, you know, say keep your head up. I guess first I want to say thanks for being a listener, right? That's most Th- important. Thanks for listening. 
thanks for reaching out to us and finding out, you know, to f find out how we would solve this problem, what the solution would be. Uh, so LA, I'm going to tell you what I would do is I would take a page out of a guy that you might've heard of his name. Um, they called him the black Mamba. Okay. Uh, I would take a page out of his book and I would just go to work. I would put my head down and I would just work. I mean, I would almost take a page out of the Brooks and Dunn playbook and I might, I might work so hard that you might call me a hardworking man. I'm a hard, hardworking man. I got it all on the line for a piece of the promised land. I'm burning the candle at both ends. About the only way to keep the fire going is to outrun the wind. Just go to work, L.A. Just do you. Work harder than everybody else. If you're as good as you say you are, it will show in your play. You don't have to whine. You don't have to cry. You don't have to complain. Keep your nose to the grindstone and do work. Be the hardest working man out on the floor. And that's the solutions answer. Thanks, solution. Sean, you got anything bad? No, no. Uh, Neil, with his serenading our listeners, uh, obviously keeps bringing them back. I mean, you know, he's a hard working man. Hey, so speaking of my. There it is. <laughs> Speaking of my uh, prowess when it comes to singing, my wife asked the other day at church if Sean and I had been asked to be a part of the choir, and I told her, yes, we had been asked to lead the choir. Of course, I was sitting in church and told a lie, but I think God probably got a kick out of that. Probably. <laughs> so then the thought is, Sean, are we going to be a part of the Easter choir? Uh no, I'm not. Somebody has to sit with Chase, and my wife and daughter, I believe, are going to be in the choir. So, Well, you got two daughters. Are they both going to be in the choir? I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but my one daughter sits over there with her friends. She's not, she, she doesn't want to be a part of the family anymore. She Listen. can be on Chase duty. Listen, we can, we can find somebody to sit with Chase, but what a better opportunity for us to sit up there with our From Corner to Corner <laughs> podcast shirts. With and, your Nebraska hat and Crocs. And sing her Easter choir. Sing praises <laughs> so, to our Lord. So first of all, they're not going to let us wear our shirts because there'll be shirts for that. What I show up in is my business. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm not a singer. So fans, if you really want Sean and myself to be part of this Easter choir. And I'll live stream. And Adam said he'll live stream Wes will even, he's not here, but I'm, I'm telling him for this, he'll be in attendance. Wes will be in attendance. If you want Sean and I to sing in the Easter Choir, we need you to help us out. If we can get to, what, how many how many likes you think on the, on the post? Uh, if we can get 150. 150 likes. If we can get 150 likes on the post, where we share this episode, it'll drop on Saturday. So that means people have to start listening. If you can share it out to your fans, 
your friends, your followers, your co-workers, your family members, whoever, and we can get 150 likes, myself, the mullet, and Big Papa, I'm speaking for him, will be part of the Easter Choir at Living Water Church. Adam will live stream it. Wes will be in attendance. <laughs> I'm liking it. Well, I mean. You better tune up those vocals. We, we, we know where it's at, right? I mean, we're still. We never got to the point that I was taking a body slam from Sam Stackhouse. So we never got to that well, point. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. We're still close. Uh, Wait that, a minute. That that doesn't Wait count. Wait a now. minute. Wait a minute. How many subscribers did we need on YouTube? I don't remember. Because we hit the likes, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. The I think it was 350. I think it was there. less than that. No, I don't think so. But anyway, legitimately. If we can get 150 likes on our Facebook post, Sean and I both will be part of the Easter Choir. <laughs> That's not a lot of likes. That's not a lot of likes. So, there's a challenge for you. So, as a listener, when you listen to this on Saturday, go out, find us on social media, specifically Facebook, if you don't follow us already, give us a follow, give us a like on that post, share that post, let's get to 150. We're turning it over to you guys. Yep. So speaking of body slams, moving on. Well, let's do our... our, our hold up. Oh, hold on. I have found the tweet. <laughs> and you, my friend, are in trouble. <laughs> because last I checked... Let me check. Yes! So the tweet said... If we hit 300 followers on Twitter, we are currently at 481. Wow, that's went down a bunch. See, that's what I don't like about that is you get people to follow you and you follow them and then they unfollow you because we was at like at 520. And 100 subscribers on YouTube, we blew that out of the water. I'll gladly lay there for a Sam Stackhouse moonsault. Sign me up. Sign me right up, Sean. You know, the funny thing about it is, is I didn't tweet that out. You did. So I did, I did not. It was not me. It wasn't it's, me. It's your name. It says anyway, Sean. I didn't do Sam it. Sam Stackhouse, if you're listening, we hit the things. Sean's ready for his moonsault. I am actually tweeting him right now to let him know we have, <laughs> we have hit our target. Tell him if he ever comes to Kentucky. So, we have some listeners that probably don't like wrestling. And don't understand it. Sorry for you guys. So we probably need to bid adieu to our listeners that are going to turn us off at this point. So do you... Been a good show, guys. It's, Sean, you want to close us out? So, so it's been a good show. Another great show. And uh, if you do not want to listen to the rest of the show, we are going to turn up, turn it, tune in to the wrestling part of the show because at heart we are a wrestling podcast. And... Uh, We'll see you back next week. Don't forget, if you're dropping out now, share, share, share. Get the likes, 150. Sean, Big Papa Kuiper, Neil, Mullet Man Payne will be in the Easter Choir. Don't forget, it's in your hands. Stay safe, friends. And for those of you that are still listening, welcome back to the second portion of our show. 
I'm, I'm kind of digging this. This is the hidden temple. Hey, it gives us it gives us the best of both worlds, right? That's got the best of both Thank, worlds. I, I, I lobbed that up there, and you t- and you nailed it. So. <laughs> He's getting his vocals ready. Because yeah. we're gonna you, you, we're gonna be in the choir. <laughs> I know, like, grave. Gonna hold this body down. You know that's that's, that's gonna that's one of my favorite songs. It's gonna be something like Easter. If I sign up for the Easter choir, I'm gonna I don't know who Blake Hannon. I'm gonna talk to that guy. We're gonna sing "How Great They Are." Oh, I won't be able to control my emotions. <laughs> I won't. I'm gonna get everybody all in the feels. <laughs> the live stream will be doing this because he's gonna be laughing so hard that it'll just be. He walked by me in the cafeteria Sunday. Does he listen to the show? Yes. Yeah, because he walked by me in the cafeteria Sunday whistling the Doug theme song. Do, 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 I did not know that. I, I'm glad that he listens. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I he, knew that he had listened to the show, but I didn't know he was a continued listener. And then we also found out that we say stuff on this show that Shelly finds funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wes finds us more. Wes's wife finds us more funny than Wes. Right. I mean, which I can't blame. I, her. You can't blame the woman for that. I mean, we are the comedy of the show. He that is, is white bread. <laughs> he is literally as vanilla as vanilla can get. <laughs> so, so, anyways, this past weekend we had the Royal Rumble. Our. Uh, one of our favorite pay-per-views of the of the year when it comes to the wrestling world. Initial reactions. What what was your what was your thoughts on on the pay-per-view? When I think you look at what the Royal Rumble is supposed to be, and you look at what it has been, we got something different this year than what we typically get. Uh, we typically in the past have been, you know, built around. Surprise entrance and returns. We did not get a lot of that. So we got 27 of the 30 male wrestlers were full-time WWE wrestlers. So we focused on our full-time talent. Um, Paul Levesque turned Gunther. He'll always be Walter to me. Turned Walter into a megastar. Um, it, the men's rumble, Fantastic. The women's rumble was what it was. Uh, there's, I thought it was really good. The women's one that we're top heavy with with female talent. Uh, our mid card is lacking, and our I mean we're full of jobbers. Um, Liv Morgan and Nikki Cross had no business being in the final four, or final five, or whatever, but they were some of the better ones that were in the ring. I thought the last three minutes specifically when we got down to the final five was about as good as the action had been the entire time. I thought it was and, and I thought it was really good that, that Bailey and Damage Control managed to, you know, like team up and they were throwing people out and I, I, they did a really good job playing that off on that part of it. Um, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Nikki Cross running in. Did you see the TikTok that I sent you that some did, some dude put the Warrior. Ultimate Warriors theme song over it? And of course, she's got the long coat on, like he wore the long coat. Ran in. Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. And then she took her jacket off, and she looked like mankind. Because I, I, I was like, "What? What, what the heck is I this?" I looked at Cassie when she did that, and I was like, 
she came into the wrong music. She should have come into the Ultimate Warriors music. Well, and then, uh, so, all in all, I thought both pay-per-views, or both both Royal Rumbles were, were good. Uh, there were a few things on the women's side that I was confused about. Um, one, the Chelsea Green spot. Right. But when you see what her character is becoming on Raw, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. She's becoming a Karen. Uh, she's, you know. Her she, name is not Karen. It's not Karen. Uh, and she, so I think I think that's going to play into her favor. It looks like a character that she's going to play really well. Uh, and then I thought the Nia Jax angle was really weird. So you brought her back like she was this big powerhouse. One, she looked much heavier she than did. she did even when she left. She looked unhealthy. Yeah, she did. Uh, Which that kind of happens when you don't wrestle for a while. So I'll be interested to see what they do with her moving forward. She wasn't on Raw. She was not on Raw. Um, but they, they, they. And that may have been a one off. They built her. Well, I don't know, man, because she kept saying, I'm back. Like, I'm. And it was, I don't know. It was, it, it was not very good. I would have rather, I think I would have rather Lana have that spot. And we know she was backstage because I've seen, you know, I've seen on TikTok and stuff where she was posting TikToks with some of the female talents backstage. Um, I'm not opposed to Nia Jax. If she's booked and and built the right way, uh, but the way that she came over was corny and cheesy, and I wasn't into it. All right. Um, then you go into the uh, what about them changing Dewdrop's name back to Piper Nevin? That's huge. That was big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you go, of course, into uh, uh, what match was after the men's rumble? The pitch black match. Pitch black. And it was way better than it had any. And I told Adam, we, we were texting about that, and uh, Adam was like, they always do this to Bray Wyatt. They always put him in weird, kooky matches at the worst moments. And I told you that I think that this is going to be surprisingly good. Oh, and, and most people did not like the match. As a wrestling match, it was terrible. But it wasn't yeah. a wrestling match. It was a street fight, a glow-in-the-dark street fight. Yeah. And for what it was, it got over really good. Yeah. And I don't think it damaged L.A. Knight. Uh, we we knew that we was going to see Uncle Howdy at some point. Uh, I'm not real sure why we saw all of the past characters on the walkthrough and them not be more involved in that. Uh, the worst part about it is, is people record everything. So they recorded the bad angle of Uncle Howdy. Jumping off of there. So I, my thoughts on that are he was never supposed to hit him. No, I agree with that. But they're getting hammered because he didn't hit him. I think he was, when he jumped through the thing and then the fire went off, I think it was supposed to replicate, basically, they took L.A. Knight to hell is kind of the way that I took that. So he kind of jumped down to open the gateway to hell. That's kind of the way that I yeah. took that. Have you seen the conspiracy theorist that L.A. Knight might be, who's the pick, Huskis? Huskis. Well, if, if you flash back to the very first interaction between the two of them, you get the feeling that Bray was trying to recruit L.A. Knight to the Wyatt Six type setup or whatever. And maybe that's what that, that was, them bringing L.A. Knight basically to hell to now be part of this, the inevitable faction of Wyatt, the Wyatt Six. doesn't that hurt L.A. Knight? He doesn't need that. 
He's too good on the mic. He is. I mean, but I still think he could be good on the mic. I don't know. The The biggest complaint with this whole Bray Wyatt thing is now it, it's just taking way too long. So... To, 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 to figure out whatever the heck is going on. So somebody said on a TikTok the other day that Bray Wyatt's biggest problem is himself. Like, he can't get out of his... He's so, like, creative. He has so many ideas that he can't get out of his own way. He, he complicates things. He yeah. muds things up. And they become a lot worse than they have any business being. Right. And, you know, everybody wants Bray Wyatt to be something that I'm not sure that he is. Like... I'm not sure he's a main eventer. Because you look, anytime he's been in the main event scene, it's not being good. Yeah. But his character does not need a title. It doesn't. It doesn't need a main event. Right. So as long as they keep. That's the thing. He's a character. Yeah. He's 100% a character. Which the and, and he's already said that, that the Fiend is dead. The, the Fiend is not coming back. The Undertaker was the same way. The Undertaker was a character. He didn't need the world title. He could hold the world title, and it could be. It, it, it could be believable and good television, but he didn't need the world title. Yeah, Bray Wyatt also doesn't need the world title. He doesn't need the Intercontinental title. He doesn't need the U.S. title. Yeah, Bray Wyatt needs to just be Bray Wyatt. Right. But we we do need to speed this process up of whatever's going on. Well, so we're done with L.A. Knight. Right. Yeah, we're done with L.A. Knight. So, so we'll it'll be interesting to, to see Friday where he goes next. And I wonder if the mask he put on at the end, if that's not Uncle Harper. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he looked freaky with the with all the the glow in the dark paint on and his uh, contact lenses. The that contacts looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool. The the for what it was. And then of course you had Bianca and Alexa, and everybody knew exactly what that was going to be. Uh, and it was it it went exactly like they had planned. Yeah. It was going to be a short match. Um, you never thought that Alexa was going to beat Bianca. No. Um, it was more about getting to the end of the match, and with then Harper, the with, then the interaction with the Uncle Howdy video. Yeah. That says, "Are you still in charge now?" Yeah. It's the inevitable evil turn of Alexa Bliss. We're getting evil Alexa back. It's just a matter of time when we get her Is back. she going to be a part of the Wyatt Six? Has to be, right? At this point, I think she has to be. Because, I mean, she's been having the Firefly jump up behind her for, well, ever since Bray came back. Since Bray came back. Yeah. Well, and even before Bray came back, when she would walk out, the, the lights would dim. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't know, but... That was one of those. You just had to. She had to turn on Bianca. They were friends. Had to do that. Move on. Speaking of, uh, I was really excited to see the crazy Oscar uh, character back. The the shorter hair. The the crazy face paint. I hope we uh, keep that Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it it seemed to be last night on on Raw that. that she. That's why she disappeared for a little while. Is because she wanted to. To kind of come back with that fresh look on that. And then, of course, we had Roman versus Kevin Owens. The match was all right. <laughs> but it was about what happened. Speaking of the match, so Hardy, whoever that guy is, I still don't know. He's a country, and I'm doing air quotes, country music singer. Uh, Sean loves it. He didn't go over very well with 
upper management in WWE. They weren't happy with his performance. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, they they weren't happy. There's there's a lot of people higher ups in WWE that were not happy with his performance. They actually kind of think he phoned it in. Uh, but I wonder, and I told Sean this. Um, I wonder if Kevin Owens slipping on that moonsault that he does every match didn't have something to do with them taking the ropes down and putting them back up. Um, but if you go back and watch that, Roman Reigns saved him. If like if you go back and watch, Roman's laying on his back. He sees Kevin is slipping, and he does two or three rolls to have Kevin land on him instead of landing some in some awkward position on the mat. Yeah. So uh, that was huge. But the biggest part about the Owens Roman match was what happened at the end. Right. Right. And you could see seeds throughout the entire match. Every time it was a close pin, whether Kevin almost pinned Roman or Roman almost pinned Kevin, the look on Sam, on Sammy's face was, oh, oh, man. And then you're like, well, it, is he, was he almost excited that Kevin almost won? Was he disappointed that Kevin almost lost? At one point, when Roman puts him through the wall, he looks at him, and, and he's looking back over at Roman, and he looks down at he Kevin, and down. he looks back over, and he goes, just stay down. Just just quit. Just stay down. So I like the conflict because it was like he was watching his best friend get beat up, right? right? So it's like you're part of this group that I really want to be a part of, but that's my best friend. And I don't want to see him, like, I want to see you win, but I don't want to see you beat him up. And I think at the end, whenever he stepped in, was like, no, that, that that's enough. Like, you've made your point. You've done everything you want to do. You're the tribal chief. You don't have to do this. And that's what he said. Like, you could hear him on the hot right. He said, this is beneath you. Right. You, you don't need to do this. So, which then, Roman gives him the chair. And says, you're right, I'm not going to, you are. So that was his final test. And Roman knew he was going to fail that. Like, you just know he did. So, interesting. He, of course, pushes pushes, um, pushes Sammy back, slaps him in the face a couple times, turns his back. Roman gets blasted with a chair basically breaking up the faction for the second time in his career. Seth Rollins did the same thing to him when the Shield broke up. And then you have Jimmy and Jay. So you have Sammy hitting. He falls. Sammy drops the chair. He turns and looks at Jimmy and Jay. Jimmy and Jay both get mad. And Jay beats the snot out of him. I mean, Jimmy beats the snot out of him. Jay just stands in the corner. Jay's just fuming. Jay never comes out of the corner until Roman walks towards him like, what are you doing? Then Jay gets out. So I'm going to be interested to see how Jay, how this plays in going forward. Uh, but I didn't catch this at the Rumble, but after, as the show's going off and they're walking out and you got Roman, Jimmy, Solo, and Paul Heyman, Roman looks at Solo and says, Solo, we're at war, or this means war, or something like that. Like, he says, we're at war now. 
Was it war against Sammy and Kevin Owens? Is it war against Jay? Like, what's the war? So, I'm I'm, I'm super interested. Is it war against Jay, Sammy, and Kevin Owens? Right. Like, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Sean and I have said multiple times, and I think Adam would agree with this. It's beautiful storytelling. It's one of the best storylines that WWE's ever done. And we're not near. We're closing in on the finish, but we're not near the end yet. No. So, Roman last night, or Cody last night, challenged Roman at WrestleMania. Like, who else is he going to challenge? Right. That's so funny, right? So, I told Sean, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to decide that he only wants to challenge you for one belt, or Roman's beating him. They're making too big a deal out of Roman nearing a 1,000 days for him to lose the belt at WrestleMania because the WrestleMania won't put him at the thousand day mark. WrestleMania is like eight forty two, I think. I saw today. Well, so he has to make it till roughly May. I think May twenty seventh to get a thousand days. Okay. So he's not losing both titles at WrestleMania. He's gonna hit a thousand days, he's gonna overtake Pedro Morales, and then he'll just be behind Ho uh San Martino, Backlund, and Hogan. So, so where, where are we going? Like, what's going to happen? Is is Cody just going to say, no, I only want the WWE Championship. That's the belt that eluded my father. That's the belt I want. Or is Roman going to beat Cody at WrestleMania? I think Roman beats him. Because it's all part of the checks, right? I do also think Roman beats him. If, if the trajectory keeps the way it is now and it's both titles, if it stays both titles, Cody's not beating Roman at WrestleMania. Which means that he beats him at SummerSlam. Maybe. Unless, as Adam just said, for Cody and for Triple H, it's all about the chase. Roman wants a break. Oh, they're oh well deserved. There's no doubt Roman's leaving so, at some point this year. He's not going to. He's not going to go all the way to 2024. No, at, at WrestleMania. And what about Survivor Series? And I feel I, I honestly feel like that if they want to give Cody the the his moment, I think it happens at WrestleMania. I'm just saying that I don't. They've talked too much about the thousand days. For him to lose both belts at WrestleMania. Well, right. And I don't think he loses both belts. So then how do we get... But I also think he pulls double duty at WrestleMania. And I mean, that that's easily done with... Because I'm not... I'm not... I am not sold on the fact that we don't get The Rock. I don't know, man. I, 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 I think the Rumble showed us that Triple H don't really need these part-time. I, I mean, he has said that he'll take The Rock... And obviously, you're going to take the rock. Um, I, I don't think. I, I honestly don't think the rock's there. I don't either. I'm, I won't believe that the rock won't be there until the Monday after WrestleMania, and he doesn't show up. Well, I mean, when when WrestleMania's going off the air Sunday night, and the rock's not there, then you can probably believe the rock's not. There. That's true. You don't have to wait till Monday night. <laughs> I don't want you to stress about another day. <laughs> but 
I'll be interested. So this bloodline storyline is fantastic. I'll be interested to see where it goes and how it gets there. Ultimately, I think we got Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos for the tag belts at uh, at WrestleMania. I too could also see the Usos doing double duty at WrestleMania too, having to defend both sets of belts. And they lose to Sammy and Kevin. Yeah. Both sets of belts? No, just one set of belts. They've not been defended as individual belts since they unified. Well, but you have the SmackDown Tag Team title tournament that's going on right now. So the winner of that tournament that's decided this week gets the chance at the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I I did not see that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It opens the door for FTR to come back. And that's going to happen. Free the Republicans. But you're talking about the tournament that they've already been doing for the last couple of weeks. Yes, but I'm talking about the split. Yeah. The the way and, and, and I say that because the way they're defending these titles, whoever like I said, I forget who's in the finals. It's Imperium versus Phantasma, I think. Uh, Santos Escobar's group. No, it's uh Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Against Imperium. Yeah. Okay. And the winner of that match Friday is gets a shot at the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Yeah. So because you're defending them separately, I think that leads to the thought process that a team like the Revival is coming back and they'll have titles to go after. Interesting. So one one other point that we didn't talk about. When you said they made Gunther a, a superstar, part of that was the fact that once it got down to Cody and Gunther as the last two, they then proceeded to have a 20-minute match after an hour-long Royal Rumble. And, I, and I, I mean, it wasn't a separate match, but they literally had a match. I mean, they beat the crap out of each other for 20 minutes a, after they had eliminated, uh, I don't remember who the number three was that they eliminated. Was it Logan Paul? Yes, it was. Yeah, because I remember we were talking about that. Where's Logan at? And it's like... <laughs> Oh, he's on the outside of the ring. Because Logan jumps in, threw Seth out, which is going to set up a WrestleMania right. match. Yep. And then Mill texts the group and was like, they're not going to let Logan Paul win this thing, are they? Well, and I said, I said, like, because when he came out and then he threw Seth out, I was like, this dude's going to win the, the, the dang Royal Rumble. Well, did you see the TikTok I sent you today? They had him, like, behind the scenes, and he's like, you know, this company, he said, I'm excited. He goes, but uh, he's like, I, I just come back from a pretty serious injury. And I'm like, there ain't no way in the world you come back from an ACL, PCL, MCL, MCL tear. You blew your in knee two Willis McGahee style out, if that's the truth. Two and, months and ago. And you're going to try to say two months you come back. Nobody feels that good. Yeah. He might have strained it. Yeah. But. There's no way in the world he tore. And if you had any questions that he might have that that he might have torn his knee, when you saw him do the springboard clothesline, which is a, uh, to, to ricochet, they did the double clothesline, which is one of the damnedest things I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Then all questions you had about how healthy his knee was, was completely cleared up at that. Right after that, I text the group. I was like, "Well, the knee must be pretty. The knee's good. pretty good. Yeah, and he still does the buckshot lariat better than Adam Page. One hundred percent. Yeah." He should steal that move. Like, that should be his venture. And he should tell Adam Page, I do this better than you. It's my move now. He, he's going to be around the 
for the foreseeable future. And Logan Paul's really good. He has set the bar for celebrities <coughs> that want to come in the WWE. Like he came in, he took it serious. Him and Pat McAfee both. Well, and you could throw Bad Bunny in that list too. Bad oh, Bunny's absolutely. taking it serious. If 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 Bad Bunny decided he wanted to wrestle full time, he'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, I I think there's a legit chance you could see a title on fall uh, on fall at one point. I don't know what title it'd be, but I think you could see it. I think the perfect title for Logan Paul would be the U.S. title. Yeah. You could see that happening. Let's not talk about that without Wes here. Him and Mongo would have a heart attack if Austin Theory lost to Logan Paul. Are they big Austin Theory fans? Well, remember when we went to SummerSlam, uh, Theory had the Money in the Bank briefcase, and Mongo was always, he's going to cash in. He's going to be the one to beat Roman. Theory, prior to Triple H taking over, wasn't he was going to be world champion, but wasn't a legit world champion. This Austin Theory, that's cut the goofiness, the the, the crap off, and he's just more. That Austin Theory can hold the world title. And you know, they did something with him that you don't ever see. Most of the time, someone disappears comes back in a different character. They literally did the transformation on TV. on TV. And it was phenomenal the way they did that. And he's been completely different since he since he had that change. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty good on the mic. He's a good wrestler, a very good wrestler. So I definitely like this Austin Theory character much better than the flamboyant one that took all of the selfies. And and now let the build Austin Theory versus John Cena start because it's still going to be Austin Theory versus John well, Cena. Well, yeah. Yeah, he made the comment the other day about thugonomics or thug... I don't remember what it was, but he made the comment in reference to to John Cena. Uh, John Cena? John Cena. So, so, yeah, you. but it's coming. They're gonna they're gonna fight it at WrestleMania, and Cena will put him over. I would say. I would agree. So, Sean, I'm like you. I I like this segment. It's not something I think we can do every week because there's no real reason to. I don't think. Yeah. But I think the occasional throw in the wrestling segment. You know, at the end we give our regular listens, uh, our regular listeners a chance to tune out, and then you know our faithful. Re- Wrestling folk have, you know, a little bit of material to listen to. Yep. I mean, the last two weeks we've done, but it was justified. It was justified because it's the Royal Rumble. We all love the Royal Rumble. We had to talk about it. Yeah. And now we've got, we got a recap. Yeah. Yep. And probably won't do this again until WrestleMania season. Probably. So, but for those of you that stuck around with us, I hope you enjoyed the almost two hour episode that we've had tonight. And uh, we will see you guys uh, next week. And remember, if you want Sean and myself to be in the Easter Choir, the ball is in your court. Get us up to that 150 likes. Share, share, share. Tell your friends about us. And as always, stay safe, friends. See ya. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, 
Be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.